LWDG Pod Dog, the podcast that helps women train their gun dogs and become part of a supportive community. I'm Joanne Perrett, founder of the Ladies Working Dog Group, and I'm thrilled to be your host. Our online membership offers expert training, monthly courses, and live coaching sessions that empower women to become confident and skilled gun dog handlers. Join us as we share insights, advice, and stories to help you and your four-legged friend achieve your goals. So grab your headphones, sit back, and let's get started. Hello and welcome to another episode of LWDG Dog. This week we're going to be talking about aggression in dog training and how it does more harm than good. Joining me for this podcast are our fabulous LWDG group experts, Gemma Martin, Samantha Thornycroft-Taylor and Claire Denya. This is going to be one of those conversations, ladies, where we break up some of the myths, isn't it? Because we have this sort of ongoing conversation, probably across the world, but definitely throughout the UK, that consequences uh, actually mean aggression and that you shouldn't use consequences because they're aggressive. We, you know, the same conversation we see on social media all the time. So clarify the difference between using consequences and using aggression in dog training. Let's start with that. Who would like to kick off? Sam? Yeah, I think it's important to note that, you know, a a consequence essentially is an action that follows an undesirable behaviour. So it's a means of telling the dog what you just did or what you're doing isn't required. It's not acceptable in this situation. Um, But I think, you know, even just by using the term consequence, a lot of people assume that that is a really, really bad thing. Um, you know, and you're being over the top or you're being harsh, you're being negative and abusive to your dog. And it, it's not. It literally just means don't do that. Um, so using aggression from a human to a dog in order to try and stop that undesirable behavior is just not going to work. Um, you know, we're getting too emotional. If we're using aggression, we're getting too emotional. So when we say using a consequence or using a correction, in no means are we talking about picking the dog up by the scruff of the neck or smacking it around the snout or anything like that it literally is just a means to be clearly communicating with the dog i don't want you to do that right now that's a fabulous um explanation yeah just to carry on from what sam said we often say to clients that once you get to that point that you're so frustrated that you're angry you're better off to walk away and give yourselves a break and restart again because as soon as you're training from a place of anger it's not a productive thing for you or the dog. It ends up in confusion um, and it's just not productive. Absolutely that. I mean, one of the things that I often say to clients is if you're getting frustrated, losing your temper, getting angry with your dog because they're not doing what you think they should be doing, you've got to take a step back and have a look and say, well, does the dog actually understand, first of all, what it is I'm asking them to do? But equally, you can create even more unwanted behaviours in the dog if you get frustrated and angry with them in that moment when they're not doing the right thing. And actually, you could create even worse unwanted behaviours than you were originally working with. So for me, it's, it's kind of always this thing between you know as as Sam beautifully explained we do need to correct the dog when they get it wrong as long as they understand what the right thing is and I think that's 
often the missing piece of that puzzle is does your dog actually really understand because I don't think there are many dogs in this world that will actually want to go out there and make you angry and make you frustrated and decide they're just not going to play ball with you today. Yes, they have off days and whatever, but very few dogs in their mindset go through their day thinking, well, how can I make you angry and frustrated today? <laughs> I think, Claire, you you hit that nail on the head perfectly there. And for me, I suppose I always explain it to clients and it's a bit like Jekyll and Hyde. You know, I might use um, a, a brief or a verbal correction or something as the at is essentially no I don't want you to do that and then I might follow it with a recall or a sit or another command that's you know I want you to do that so in the early days it's no not that yes do that and then with enough repetition and consistency it just brings in that that whole thing becomes a pattern of behavior without the additional help so like Claire was saying you know does the understand does the dog understand what you don't want it to do it's all well and good saying, no, don't do that. No, don't do that. No, don't do that. But unless you clearly communicate what it is you want them to do, you're unlikely to make much progress. Yeah, exactly that. I mean, I think the constant thing you always hear is that if you use corrections or if you use something that tells your dog that you don't like that, that's going to ruin your relationship with your dog. That's all we ever hear, that you shouldn't do it because your dog will hate you. It's just not true. If you do corrections fairly but firmly, like we've said, so the dog understands what it should be doing in the first place, you're not going to give a correction if they don't know it. The only time that it probably would damage a relationship is like we were talking earlier, if it comes from a place of anger and you're doing it unfairly and you're going too hard and you might be hurting the dog. We never advocate hurting a dog to give a correction. That's not what a correction's about. It's more about to interrupt that behaviour and get the behaviour that you want. But that's the point that you can start damaging your dog's relationship with you is if you're not fair and you're doing it too much. And, and actually, and what you've said is bang on, Gem, and actually what you can start to see is an increase of the unwanted behaviours. So I work with reluctant retrievers a lot, and I'm just going to throw this in at this point because it's exactly following on from that. With reluctant retrievers, if the, if the handler, owner or trainer, you know, whoever that is, gets angry with the dog and frustrated with the dog because they're not getting a nice delivery to hand, as an example, you're probably just going to create more problems and further issues with the dog. You might start to see displacement behaviours because the dog is now fearful of coming into your space, especially if you've got a delivery issue and the dog, let's say, is dropping prematurely dropping the jump dummy if you run forward and shout at that dog in that incident you might actually create an issue with the dog even coming into your space let alone the dropping of the dummy instead of a delivery to hand you're probably going to create a dog that doesn't want to even come into your space because they're worried that they're going to get shouted at so always when you're trying to fix things that are going wrong in train in training and in behavior, if you're coming from a place of aggression or frustration, you're not going to improve that behavior. You're, you're most likely going to produce a new behavior. How would we incorporate the correction without the resort into that anger? Because I, you know, if you're using a, a, a or whatever, how do you make sure you don't get that frustration level? Does that make sense? It does make sense. And I think you, it's, it's being able to have a calm exterior, um, you know, and it's very similar to children. You can be as wound up as hell that they are not eating the vegetables that you put on their plate. But if you scream and shout at them, it's not going to work. They're 
just going to sit there looking at you, so, you know, wide-eyed and go, oh, I'm too scared now, I don't want to do anything. Whereas if you can explain to them clearly and concisely, look, vegetables are good for you, carrots help you see in the dark, um, you know, and it's, it's a good thing to do. It's, it's, it's beneficial to your life in all, if you eat those vegetables. It's the same with a dog. You need to be able to have that calm exterior so that you can give them a clear, not emotionally derived communication that says, I don't want you to do that. Um, if you, like Claire and Gemma said, you know, if you feel yourself bubbling up, your best course of action is just to say, you know what, I'm going to put the dog away. I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to take five minutes. I'm going to clear my head and we're going to revisit this or something completely different later on. Otherwise it is or can be damaging to your relationship. I think also to add to that, Sam, it's worth the, the handler or the owner considering that actually to reset the dog. So say something's gone wrong twice in training. My rule of thumb is if it's gone wrong twice, I'm going to change something. When you do that reset, when you make that change to help set the dog up for success, you are actually carrying out a correction but it doesn't mean you're being harsh. You're not losing your rag or getting aggressive with the dog. You're merely saying, no, that's not right. Let's try it from this angle or let's try it from this distance and see. That is a form of correction in itself. So, you know, I think people get so misled by the word correction and thinking it means telling the dog off. And yeah, with some dogs, as Sam said, you know, uh, 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 is a really crystal clear piece of information that says to the dog, that piece wasn't right. But then you do have to show them what is right. But if they're struggling to figure out what is right, then you need to change something to teach the dog. And that's still a, a form of correction. The fact that you're even making a change in that moment to help the dog. What do you think are the common misconceptions about the role of corrections in training? I think a lot of people think that we are abusive, quite frankly. I think, you know, there's a, there's a common perception out there that anyone who says they use uses consequences of corrections or says they're a balanced trainer or anything like that, I hate to bring labels into this, but it's this common misconception that it means you hit the dog, you scruff the dog, you strangle the dog, you know, you're really nasty to the dog. And that's not it at all. Um, you know, and I can't, I cannot say that too often. It literally just means that you are giving a clear definition to the dog. No, I don't want you to do that rather than scaring it with the it, training a dog. It's not beneficial if the dog is scared of you, you're not going to get anywhere. It's just going to become like a robot that is too terrified to do anything other than exactly what you've asked it to do. And to me, that's not working with a dog. I want to have a really good relationship with my dog. And, and there are times where, particularly when I'm out in the shooting field, that I might give my dog a stop whistle and it sort of says, you know, oh, hang on just a second. And when we're further along in training, I want to be able to trust my dog's judgment as well. Um, you know, and it might be that I've just happened to blow that stop whistle at a point where if I'm in the beating line, it's gone, well, actually there's a pheasant like right next door to me. I'm not ignoring your command, ma'am. I just want to flush this bird and then I'm going to stop because it's right here. So it's building up that trust and relationship. And if you are overtly aggressive, if your dog is scared of you, you're not going to have that trusting relationship as, as you're not going to have a partnership. Yeah, I totally agree, Sam. And I think the misconceptions are that a, a correction needs to be cruel or harsh, definitely. Um, and then not, it can be, so minor you know a lot of the time 
you just touched on it, Sam, when you said about, you know, um, some people like won't give a correction at all there. Um, but I think where we're sitting as trainers, so for me, a correction isn't my first port of call. My first port of call is to teach the dog and to educate the dog in the behaviour that I want and then to proof that training. The correction comes when you know the dog understands and that you put the effort into the training and that you're proofing it. The correction comes when the dog makes the decision, I know what it is you want, but actually I'm not going to do it. And then you say, that's not acceptable. That's not part of how this works. I think that should be, in my opinion, and it's how I do it, how that process should go. But then, even then, the correction needs to be very appropriate for that dog that you're working with. So as Sam said, that at could be absolutely enough for one dog. Another dog might go, yeah, and what? <laughs> so then we have to say, right, now we're working with this issue. This is the dog I'm working with. Now we need to find an appropriate, non-abusive, non-aggressive correction that works for that individual dog. And that will vary greatly from dog to dog. And that's where a trainer will be able to help you to determine for that dog what's going to be the most effective way. But honestly, in most situations, if the training has been thoroughly completed and proofed, that level of correction is, is minuscule. It's not what people are saying that it is it's not aggressive and it's not abusive um and i think i speak for all of us when i say that we class ourselves as mainly reward-based trainers that also use corrections where appropriate and actually i don't know about you guys but i probably find myself more often than not saying to owners you need to make it more fun lay off the dog a bit you're doing all right i hardly ever have to say do more correction it's usually the other way around and you see the dogs that have had a little bit too much at in and are in and a little bit too much on their case and they just start to lose their drive and they start to lose their sparkle a little bit so they'll be coming back with a retrieve and it'll be a trot rather than a full-on gallop so it's getting that balance right with every type of dog as well and not over correcting because the thing with working dogs especially is that you really don't want to kill that drive and you've only got to look at how our dogs work to know that that drive is fully engaged at all times and we all three of us do a massive amount of fun and a massive amount of play within our training to keep those dogs drives up but they also know those boundaries that they need to work within so that corrections will be used where necessary yeah i do gem a lot of the time it's like okay we're going to make this more fun because either the dog has gone you know slightly it's, it's losing its drive and it's got a little bit slower or the dog has essentially given the owner the middle finger and gone well you know what you are just constantly on my case so i'm going over here thanks i'm not putting up with this anymore um you know and then it's it's become damaging to the relationship even if you've not been harsh or abusive um you know and, and following on from what claire said about finding an appropriate non-abusive non-aggressive correction for a dog as well as working with the individual dog you have to work with the individual situation so just because you used an ah -ah this morning doesn't mean that the ah -ah is going to have the same response 
this afternoon because it all depends on exactly what the dog is doing at that time as well. Um, but again, and I am going to say it because you cannot reiterate enough, always in a non-abusive, non-aggressive way. I, I 100% agree. And I think it's very telling. You can see a dog that is confused and you can see a dog that doesn't understand why it's being repeatedly corrected, you know, and, and why it's being told it can't do this. You start to see the dog lose confidence. You might see displacement behaviours. You might see the dog avoiding eye contact with the handler, avoiding doing the thing it's being asked to do for fear of getting it wrong. And I think when corrections are aggressive or through frustration or anger, I think that's when you really see dogs lose their confidence and really, as you guys touched on, lose their drive, especially with gun dogs, working dogs, you know, and you can you can see it. You, you watch that dog's body language and you say that dog is not comfortable with this. Something's happened. There's been a too, too harsher correction for that dog. And that's not to say another dog wouldn't have been bothered by that correction every dog is different and I think this is where one size does not fit all in corrections because if you're working with a trainer and the trainer has this is how we correct this for every dog well okay that might work have worked with one dog but that doesn't mean it's going to work for every other dog and personally I think gun dogs are getting softer and softer and needing less and less corrections and needing you to think outside of the box and problem solve constantly to improve things. You know, the, the days are long gone where you were just correcting the dog, you know, running at the dog for, for, for not stopping on the whistle, um, all that sort of thing. The dogs are just getting softer and softer and a lot of them are just not able to cope with that kind of pressure. And I think it's also worth noting that, um, and it's marginally off topic, but it comes down to the handler or the trainer or the owner's ability to read that dog's body language. Um, you know, and dogs, I think, are very good at times at displaying or making it appear that they're okay and they're confident, whereas actually they're giving really subtle signals that say, I'm, I'm not happy. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure what I'm supposed to be doing here. And then, like Claire said, they become a bit kind of, they display other behaviours because they're too scared. They think they're going to get it wrong. Um, and that's really where, you know, having a, a good trainer that can help you recognise those signs for your individual dog really helps when it comes to working out what form of consequence or correction you need to use in any given scenario and situation so that the dog is never put in a position where it's going, I'll hold my hands up, I don't know what to do, so I'm just not going to do anything now. There's so many sort of labels out there, you know, like positive reinforcement, positive only, blah, blah, blah. And like, I almost feel it's got to the situation now, though, with the, the damage that's been done um, by the negative impact, the negative ideas that have been put on social media, that, you know, Gun dog trainers really have to write non-abusive dog trainer for people to actually get into their heads what that, what that gun dog trainer does. Do you think that, you know, there is a huge negative impact of misinterpreting what correction means and interpreting it as aggression in dog training? It's had a massive effect, hasn't it? Yeah, I think it's had a huge effect. I think it's actually quite scary. You know, it's some of the labels that are being thrown around, some of the terminology that's being thrown around, 
people are saying you need to find an ethical force-free trainer. What does that even mean? I mean, what does that even mean? Um, if people ask me, I just say, well, I don't know yet how I will work with your dog because I haven't met your dog yet. So with one dog, somebody might actually perceive that I might be classed as a force-free or positive-only trainer because the dog is so biddable, eager to please, that I'm using food, I'm using luring, I'm using a lot of guiding, and the dog is just happily plodding along, doing all this, no correction needed. I might see another dog, and I'm like, okay, we need to educate the dog on this, we need to, but we need to stop that behaviour. I can't possibly do that without putting in some form of appropriate correction. But I think, yes, I think, especially with the internet and social media, so many words are being thrown out there that owners are just in this mist of, well, what am I looking for in a trainer? Well, actually, what everybody should be looking for in a trainer is a trainer that will work with their dog individually to what that dog needs rather than a label. Um, but if a trainer is telling you they do not use any force and they only use rewards, no, that in my opinion no but on the other end of the scale if people have worked with or come across aggressive training abusive training well it's no wonder that they're reversing and going well now i need to find this because they don't understand that there is a middle ground but is it even a middle ground can you even call it that because i use way more reward-based training than anything else so you know i think the more transparent a trainer can be about their training methods, the better for the owners to understand what they're looking for in a trainer. I wholeheartedly agree. Um, you know, and I've had people that have contacted me that have said, uh, we've, you're the third trainer we've contacted. Uh, you know, maybe we've seen one of the other two that we contacted, but actually we weren't overly happy with the methods that we, we, we use. So now we feel we need to ask more questions. And I'll always say to people that I am primarily a reward-based trainer, but I do use consequences or corrections when necessary and as appropriate to that individual dog. Um, and like you, Claire, you know, I've had people say to me, oh, I just assumed you were a force-free trainer, even though potentially with that dog I had used a verbal correction. So I think it also comes down to how people perceive those labels. And I think that's where labels go. We've gone down the label rabbit hole. Um, but I think that's where they get slightly used in the wrong places because everybody's perception of what those labels actually mean differs and so what one person thinks positive only might mean another person thinks it's completely different what's one person thinks balanced mean another person might think completely different so I think you know when you're looking for a trainer you need to find someone that is clear like Claire said you know clear and um, will explain how or their, their methodology but not necessarily the in intricate details because you can't say that exactly what you're going to use until you've met the dog and seen how it behaves and how it acts. So like this misconception the other part of that is that in all of it we've sort of lost the fact that if you use like corrections consequences and use them and apply them correctly, that actually helps you to build a stronger, more positive relationship between you and your dog. So that's been lost in this conversation as well, hasn't it? It totally has. And one of the things I will say, Joe, I work with a lot of fearful dogs, whatever that fear is, sometimes fear of aggression, 
fearful of environment, sound sensitivity, they're all fear-based behaviours. And a lot of those times, um, what's missing from that dog's life is clear leadership and guidance from the owner. Um, the dog is worrying about things it doesn't need to be worrying about because it's not being given clear leadership from the owner and leadership doesn't mean being a bully and it doesn't mean yanking cranking the dog around and being me leadership simply means to guide your dog through life and show them the correct way to behave and a lot of dogs with anxiety and fear-based behaviors just by changing the relationship with the owner so the owner is being a, a leader to that dog it can improve the dog's behavior incredibly so and that's without anything else happening just that little bit of guidance and i think without that so many dogs are being failed the leadership one sort of makes me laugh as well because then you get again another label goes down the whole other rabbit warren of, of you know what does that actually mean? And I think that a lot of this is coming back down to meaning and, and what it means to be aggressive and when, what it means to, to look after your dog, put in the leadership, put in the consequence. Um, do you think that in order for people to go forward, they need to not like take on more knowledge or study more, but really understand in themselves what these terms mean and, and whether they're okay with them or not? You know, at no point in us talking about correction have we at any point talked about anything aggressive. So do you think that there's, at what point do you think that the consequence in training has been misunderstood? Uh, I'm going to blame social media again because it's people's go-to for information at the moment as well as Google, but not so much. People spend their day scrolling, they'll read a post on corrections and how awful it is. And I think I don't know, it's just become really difficult because it's almost been a poisoned word. People see a correction and they ultimately straight away think of prong collars, people beating their dogs up, people scruffing their dogs by the ears, all the nasty side of stuff that actually generally doesn't happen with people who use corrections properly and appropriately. Um, don't get me wrong, there is that side of training that just isn't us and there are people that use really strong corrections that are quite abusive to dogs, but we're not talking about those, we're talking about the corrections that just interrupt a behaviour so you can then get the behaviour you want, which you can then reward. And like we keep saying in this, we actually reward probably just as much as all the other trainers, we just use things that interrupt the bad ones so we can get the good ones. And that sometimes needs to happen, no matter how many treats and things you throw on the floor, you might not get that behavior that you actually want to reward. So there needs to be those clear boundaries for dogs. And once those boundaries are in place, like we spoke about on that other podcast, Joe, the dogs gain a better relationship with you and it becomes a relationship built on mutual trust because you both know where you stand in the relationship. There's no confusion, there's no blurred lines on when the dog thinks it needs to make decisions about things it, it knows its place and i'm not talking about in a dominant sort of alpha way because that's not what we're about it's this relationship built on trust built on respect and one that actually provides a better relationship with your dog than one that you're always trying to bribe it or distract it away from things using treats i always say to owners before i start working with them the first thing i need to do is see your dog 
I need to understand what your dog's been taught, what your dog's learned, how your dog responds to rewards, you know, what your dog values as a reward. Because if you haven't got what the dog values as a reward, where do you start? Where do you start? And, and you shouldn't be starting with corrections. You know, you should be starting with teaching, education, rewarding. And like we said earlier, putting those corrections in when required. But I just feel terminology, blurred lines, social media have made this so complicated for owners, so complicated. Even trainers are getting confused about it. Even trainers are like, I don't even know what I do anymore. You know, are you using positive reinforcement? You know, are you doing this? Are you doing that? Loads of people don't even understand that terminology. And I think education is key. We have to keep educating people as to what we mean when we say something. What does that mean to the dog and to the owner? Um, but equally, we have to consider the ability of the owner as well. You know, there's no point. I had a lady come and train with me very recently who had been shown a technique by another trainer that she just couldn't grasp it. And it was it was actually quite a harsh correction, in my opinion, for that dog. And the owner couldn't do it anyway because she didn't have the physical capability to do that. So I showed her something else and she was like, she was actually moved to tears because she actually saw light at the end of the tunnel for her and her dog because somebody was working with her and the dog both individually for an outcome. And she realized that she could do this. So it, it's just so important to educate and talk people through a process and, and understand as well what that, that owner's capability is as well. Yeah, terminology is really difficult, isn't it? Because when we talk about positive in a dog training sense and we're talking about the quadrants of dog training and all of that, it literally means to add something, doesn't it? Whether that's a correction or a reward or a reinforcer. But actually, when you look at it for positive only, it doesn't mean they're just adding. They have changed that to mean that it's all good things, no bad things. So as a dog owner, it's really confusing, isn't it? Because if you've done any sort of looking up about dog training online, it will tell you about the quadrants and it will tell you that positive means to add. Um, and then you look at other things that mean positive is good. So which one are you supposed to go with? It's just a minefield for new dog owners. If you're looking online, it's like, oh my God, what what kind of trainer do I need to look for? Especially when you throw in words like ethical. I would like to think that everyone is ethical where they train, despite whatever method they're using. I think that the term professional dog trainer is what's needed. And that should say it all. If you're a professional, you you don't even need to look at, at aggression as an option because you're calm, you're collected, you're skilled, you know what you need to be doing. And so I think that that, that word in itself should be more than enough. The other day I was in a, a large furniture store and there was this, she must have been a four, four-year-old girl laying in the middle of the bed with her arms crossed, pigtails, looking really, really angry. And her mum was at the end of the bed going, come on now, I'll take you to the cafe. And the kid was like, I ain't budging. And then she was like, I'll get you one of those donuts you like. And the kid still is like, not budging, but like raising an eyebrow genuinely. And I was looking, I thought, is it a case of she's in a public place that's not making her grab a little girl's hand and say, off the bed now, that's not your bed, you're coming with me. Or is it a case that social media has con convinced her this is the way to deal with this? But I'm standing there thinking any parent or any 
any adult walking past this would be condemning that woman to death for not giving that kid a consequence or a correction that that behavior was not appropriate. You know, we certainly shouldn't be throwing donuts at children for bad behavior. We certainly shouldn't be throwing rewards at dogs for bad behavior as well. It's just, it's like we've, like we've lost the plot a little bit around this. Do you think that people have lost the plot that positive reinforcement needs to work in tandem with correction? I think that's exactly it. I think because it's, and I do agree, it is largely, or, you know, in part down to social media, but it is that humans seem to have lost the ability to put in clear boundaries to their dogs and all their children at times, you know, and no, you shouldn't be throwing donuts at a child for bad behavior, just the same as, you know, you shouldn't be lugging around a haunch of venison over your shoulder for the dog to try and stop it tasting off after the deer going, well, you know, I've got one ready butchered here for you. Just, just leave that one alone and come back. Um, but, you know, even, even that mindset has a vague form of correction in it because at some point you've thought, please leave the live deer alone. So even if you've not outwardly said that to your dog, you've still considered correction. Um, you know, and I think it's, for me, like dogs chasing deer, uh, if you just re if you recall your dog and your dog says yeah I'm having way too much fun I ain't coming back just give me five minutes and I'll, I'll be there and you only reward it when it comes back at what point has it been told that that five or ten minutes chasing that poor deer around the field wasn't acceptable I think you know that's one of those situations where a consequence a correction has to be put in so you can clearly say to the dog I don't want you chasing that deer I want you to come back to me and if you make the correct decision then something good is going to come of it you know and then ultimately it's don't even think about chasing the deer look at it accept that it's there and then stick with me because you know that is what is going to give you your paycheck your reward your reinforcement regardless of what type of reward or reinforcement it is you know that comes down to something Claire said earlier sparked something in my head and you know I quite often say to people what does your dog find rewarding and I met with a well, I don't know it won't take food. It's not really ball driven. I don't really know what it finds rewarding. And it's delving down into not only what correction and what consequence is best for your dog, but also what type of reward is best for your dog. To sort of finish this sort of podcast, what advice would we like to like give to owners who, who are struggling to know, am I correcting or am I being aggressive? What's a simple way they can, they can look at that? I think the really simplest way of looking at it is to say that if you are emotional about it, if you're feeling frustrated, angry, cross, or even upset, then you're probably doing the wrong thing because you've brought that emotion right in. I think we'll go back to the phrase that we've used throughout this, as long as it doesn't harm the dog and as long as it's not abusive to the dog or unfair or unjust and that you're giving a correction for something that you know... Not that you think, that you know that that dog has been taught and it understands fully, then that's the sort of correction that you should be using with your dog. There's no need to hurt them and you need to be firm but fair. My advice to owners is if you're feeling frustrated, angry, if you wake up in the morning even and you're just not in the right frame of mind to train your dog effectively, don't train your dog. Do something fun with the dog, play with the dog. 
But if you're in a training situation and you can feel yourself getting frustrated or angry, you need to change something that's going on in that moment to set you and your dog up for success rather than letting any form of anger or frustration um, become an aggressive correction. You need to give yourself a check, give yourself a correction, <laughs> give yourself a correction for allowing your emotions to get in the way of training your dog effectively. I like that, Claire, give yourself a correction. So just pause for a minute, take yourself aside, have a management meeting and discuss with yourself what you're going to do moving forward. Um, but if you're feeling wound up, emotional, frustrated, any of that sort of stuff, then something needs changing. Or if you're seeing any behavior from your dog that makes you feel that they're just a little bit, oh, I'm not really sure about this, then you've probably gone too far. Um, so it's about, it's about that education. It's about learning to read your individual dog's body language because body language is how they communicate and always keeping in mind that any correction needs to be non-abusive and non-aggressive. And that in turn builds a much better understanding and relationship and partnership between you and your dog. Fantastic, ladies. Thank you for another amazing episode. As we like wrap this episode up, we'd like to thank our group experts for being fantastic as always. Um, I think it's really important that we have this insight on the crucial difference between uh, what correction is and what aggression towards our dogs are. If you are somebody who's finding lots of things around dog training emotional and you're a society member, please make sure you're logging into our Monday morning mindset LWDG Mindset Coach Emma Liddell is loads there for you and obviously last month's masterclass on the fearless female about how to get your emotions in check get in charge of those before we go out and train because it really is essential to making the link in your head or the, the definition in your head very easy to see um, it is easy to see that the line can sometimes be blurred and in respecting and understanding is really important for your health and for the dog's health um, our conversation today has been uh, fantastic. You don't need to be aggressive with your dogs. On the contrary, like the ladies have been telling you, when you are training correctly, applying your corrections correctly, there is no need for it. You can show compassion, you can show respect and be more successful in your dog training. Um, we hope that you've all enjoyed. Please leave us a review. Please subscribe and make sure that you join in for our next episode remember your training is all about building a bond with your dog on trust and understanding not on fear or on aggression it's really important that you don't use those in your training whatsoever so thank you for tuning in we look forward to continuing this conversation and many others over the forthcoming weeks and we look forward to seeing you all in the next episode Thank you for listening to LWDG Pod Dog with Joanne Parrott, founder of the Ladies Working Dog Group. If you're interested in joining our supportive community and taking advantage of our group experts training and resources, please visit our website at www.thelwdg.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review. And we look forward to helping you and your four-legged friend thrive. Until next time, keep training, keep learning, and keep working with your beloved gun dog. Thank you.